Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armit. And this episode is brought to you by Artstack and micro.blog. Ooh. So I a friend sent me this like sort of craft grant from a large like homeware store uh, for ceramicists specifically this year. And I was really thinking about it. And the thing is, they're like, you know, you send in a couple of pictures of what you do, and then they choose 10 people whose things are like featured on their website, and you can buy them from there, which is super cool. But you have to like, prepare to be able to sell a lot of things by August. So I'm a little like, hmm, I could do it. But it is very hot outside. No, that's not entirely it. It's just like, I don't know if that's like plausible. You know what I mean? Because yes, I can make a lot of things, but I don't know if I can make... Because it's not specified. Like, do you need to be able to sell a hundred of something or four, you know, or a thousand? Yeah. I mean, if it's not even answering those questions yet, I mean, it might be worth just like throwing your hat in the ring. And if it's just sending in some pictures... You could see where it goes. That's a good point. And then like if it doesn't work, you know, or if it does work out and they're like, by BT dubs, you need like, you know, a thousand things to sell. Uh, that's what we expect. Then you can just be like, um, sorry, but thanks. Uh, you need to pick someone else. Yeah. Because it also, aside from the selling, also comes with like a, a cash prize. When I said that, all I could hear was RuPaul going, and a cash prize of $100,000. That's not how much it is. <laughs> I'd be like, if it's that much, then do it. Who yeah. cares how much you need to make? <laughs> it's not. It's about like $2,500, which is a really good amount. That's still pretty great. Anyway, so like that's that's where I'm at right now. Uh, but I figured this episode, we're going to do kind of just that, talking about where we're at right now. Little feels, update, catch upy. uh follow up not follow up episode how you feeling how you doing tiff (laughs) (laughs) i'm uh i'm learning a few things about my new um art process in that when it's humid outside stained glass doesn't really work (laughs) like i can't uh get stuff to stick where it used to stick because now the glass is all like foggy with humidity so i would never have even considered that that's fascinating I didn't either. And it's like, I didn't start this hobby until like the fall of last year. So I wouldn't have experienced the humidity, like trying to do this in, in the humidity. And so, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's proven to be quite the challenge. And that is affecting my production. And that's affecting like how we're coming up on, um, I'm doing another market uh, craft art show fair in august so now it's like oh we have to turn on the air conditioning and i had to make sure like it's a time when the house is all dried out that i'm able to work on stuff and so that is a big change of like where i can do things because i kind of set up a little workshop in the basement but i can't do certain parts of it down in the basement when it's humid so because like you know basement's not air conditioned and it's not really even a basement it's just kind of like outside under the house uh so like it's um it's that's a new thing in that I'm like, oh, well, this kind of changes my plans a bit. And I had to work around that. Yeah, I f- I have the sort of same and opposite problem slash blessing because it's I mean, it's so humid right now here, too. But uh, things dry faster when it's warmer 
which is a, a kind of a, a given. And I keep forgetting that I can take my things outside in the sun if I want to, to like hmm. have them dry. Right now, though, I feel like the humidity is 124%, so it wouldn't work. But I forget that like you can take advantage of that because th- things also dry slowly you know, in in the winter if it's cold but dry. So it's it's weird. But that's so, – so what do you – is it just like you wait for better days in air conditioning? Yeah, I kind of like do my – the foiling part on days when like we have a workout. Like we do workouts three days a week. And so we air conditioning for the workouts because sometimes it's just so hot. Like there's no breeze or anything. So we turn the it's AC on It's just hot yoga. <laughs> yeah. Ew. No. Ugh, I hate <laughs> That just always sounds stinky to me. So I just wait for like certain days. I just, you know, work around the air conditioned schedule, which isn't a horrible thing. And it's, you know, not a woe is me situation, but it is just something new that I didn't anticipate contending with. And so that's, uh, that's been new. But overall, I've been pretty productive. I'm finishing like a really big piece that I'm making as a gift for somebody. So that's been busy. Yeah, you've been posting some cool stuff on your on your Instagrams. <laughs> yeah, um, the big rooster. So I've been working on that. And that's been my biggest, most piece heavy, complicated, um, you know, piece, I guess, <laughs> piece heavy piece uh, that I've done. So that's that's felt like a big accomplishment. And I it's like it has a lot of um, little detailed areas and different kind of cuts. And I've been using my new saw. So it's been great. Awesome. Because we talked last time about like the things that break while you're working on them. How how does it work if if something breaks once it's attached? Can you like unsolder it in a good way? Like, or do you have to start over with the whole thing? Uh, it depends on how attached and where it is. Um, if it breaks in the middle, you basically have to pull all the pieces apart and salvage what you can and then start over with the pieces that aren't broken. So most of the time, if it's a big piece like this and it's like expensive pieces of glass and it's like I picked out specific color areas that I'm cutting into and if I don't have any of those color areas left or something like that, like sometimes you can get a piece of glass, for example that is very streaky and it has like a lot of lines through it, but then there'll be like a swirly part also. So if you want the glass to look striped, you want to use the stripe section. And if you want it to look like more fluid and swirly, you use the swirly section. And this is all in like one sheet of glass. It's like a 12 by 12, about the size of a, a record. And so if you use up all of the parts that you were like planning on using up, then you are kind of stuck until you order new glass. And then you kind of hope that you get a piece that looks kind of similar because it's poured in like these giant table size sheets and then cut down for people to buy. And if you're not buying like, you know, giant truckloads of glass at wholesale, then you're kind of at the whims of what's available per lots. Like making my soul hurt. Because I, I know the feeling of like, okay, drat with with the sort of unpredictability of of all those things. So it's a gift. Does the person know it's coming or is it a surprise gift? Um, I told him that it is that I'm making him 
of Rooster, so he knows, but he hasn't seen it yet. And I'm mounting it on a piece of driftwood, which I actually <gasps> just got yesterday from like, a, I couldn't find the right size driftwood. I have big ones and I have little ones and I needed like this perfect medium size one to kind of balance out it's standing up because that's kind of what I want it to do instead of hanging it. And so I had to like talk to a guy who like walks <laughs> around the island and like get driftwood from him. And then we're, you know, like I I'm, love this. in exchange for that, I'm uh, going to show him how to do some foiling and soldering and stuff because he has some ideas with like some broken glass pieces that he's found. So it's like <laughs> this whole like island life, like bike on over barefoot to someone's house, pick up a piece of driftwood, <laughs> put it in my bike basket. It's like it's so beachy <laughs> but it's uh it's been a really fun project i keep i've been walking the beach trying to find the right piece for like multiple days and it's just nothing's washed up that's another part of it we're like very much like just have to deal with the whims of of nature but that that reminds me because we talked also last time about like what do you do when someone asks if they can pay you later like is it a gift and we got a response on Twitter that I love uh, from Mark Haycock. It says, uh, my first thought is to quickly say, okay, great. I'll keep it safe. Come over later and get it. Oh, that's good. That's a good Which one. Which is very smart. That is very smart. Because like then, then they don't have it. So they have to come over and then it would be weird if they just picked it up and didn't pay you. That is very, very smart. Right. Because then you'll just like have it waiting. And if they never show up, then you'll just be like, oh, well. <laughs> I will that's, say though that's really smart I like that if someone is can't decide about something sometimes I will offer to like I'll put it under the table for you while you do your lap and like because then you kind of nudge them to come back mm -hmm. and then if you see them leaving you could just put it out again but so the people are like "Ooh, yes it's being held for me I like this thing I want to think about it for five minutes but what if it's sells so I don't know if that's like a good good salesman strategy or not but that's that's what I do I think it depends on the vibe you get from the person. Like if they seem yeah. like someone cool that would come back and be like, you know what, I'll pass or like, yeah, I'll take it. Like you get you get a you get a sense of how nice people are. Absolutely. And you can totally be like, all right, I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what because I mean, I'm assuming that you also and most of the people listening have done that. I'll think about it thing which just oh, means i don't know how to get out of this conversation yeah sometimes that's just like the polite way of saying i really i like your work but i don't want to buy something right now yeah but if it's not a gift and if it's not uh something that someone has already bought it could be a commission i couldn't think of a smooth segue like i did last time uh because this episode is brought to you by artstack uh, oh. artstack.co <laughs> i'm like where are you going with this <laughs> split that commish okay Archstack is a new platform for art commissions um artists and illustrators and designers can host and display your portfolio for free build a network of clients subscribers and fans and keep them updated on your work uh, you can set your commission status as open or closed with a single click which i love that idea it's that's so good and create and edit pricing sheets instantly it integrates the most essential functions that artists need to find commissions while leaving out all the familiar nuisances that get between you and your clients there's no selling fees and there's no algorithm that pits you against your fellow artists. Another really fantastic feature there. And there's a simple, minimal interface that won't get in the way of your work. I feel like there are times when the algorithm just seems like 
the monster in the forest, the giant bear that everyone is just like, we don't know why it shows up or who it's going to kill this time. Well, and it's unfair if you're trying to use like these these platforms for a business. And it's really nice to know that there are places like Artstack that are focusing on artists. Yeah. For clients, uh, that means it's easy to find artists who can bring your ideas to life. With a client account on Artstack, you can browse portfolios, find the perfect artist for your project, follow your favorite artists to enable notifications so that you will know right away when their commissions reopen. Again, like I said last time, very, very smart. Uh, artists and clients can head to artstack.co to create an account. Uh, if you're making an artist account, you can use the promo code MAKEDO for one year of premium account features, which includes support for unlimited portfolio images. Again, that's MAKEDO as the promo code at artstack.co. Thank you to Artstack for supporting the show. So commissions. Uh, yeah, my, <laughs> we can, we can bridge out, bridge in. I love this. Uh, yeah, my rooster's not, um, a commission per se, but it is, uh, it is a gift and I'm hoping that maybe some other people will see it in this person's home and, um, you know, remember me a little bit. And that's not the reason <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it because they're a cool person and I want to make this for them. I'm inspired. Well, it's, it's sometimes it's just, it's fun to experiment too. I had a, sort of not really commissioned recently uh, because someone messaged me and was like, hey, this round vase that you have in your shop, it's sold out. And so funny, the way he phrased it was, you don't have like one that's just hiding behind a cat or something. I was like, (laughs) you know me so well. Uh, So I was like, no, but I can make you another one just like it. And I don't know why that felt good, but it did. Like somebody saw it and wasn't just like, hey, I'm going to go to the store and check out if I can buy one. They took the time to message and be like, can you make this specific thing again, please? Yeah, that's like it really got into their brain. And they're like, I need this thing that you mm-hmm. make it so good. <laughs> and they sent a really nice picture of it. Like they have put some stalks of lavender just in it, which I wouldn't have thought to do because I tend to think of vases as more like, you know, you put a, a bouquet, a bunch of flowers in it. Mm-hmm. But I love when people do... I don't know when you would call it, like almost like, you know, Japanese uh, ikebana or something, like just a, an arrangement of, of dried mm-hmm. flowers, sort of. So that was just, it's, I love getting to see things in situ in people's homes that I've made. It's, it's magical. Actually, speaking of lavender, I bought recently some new, they're called watercolors and they are watercolors, but they're specifically ceramic decoration watercolors. And they're oh. so fun to work with. And they glide on smoother than the deco paints that I use at the underglazes. So I've been painting some, um, because I've made lavender mugs before, but now I've been painting more and I want to make a ton more because I love, love making them. And I'm thinking maybe, do you think it would be weird to make a vase with lavender painted on it? No, no, not at all. Not, not I don't know. I don't know why it feels weird to have flowers on a vase that's going to have flowers in it. That's not weird at all. But somehow it it feels feels that <laughs> you, way. You don't want to tell people how to use their vase by what you paint on it, <laughs> like a bowl that says popcorn. Yeah, it's like how dare you? <laughs> I'm going to put whatever I want in this bowl, Mister Popcorn. But never <laughs> lavender. So is that what you've been working on? Is um, using these new paints? Yeah, using the paints, and I've been experimenting with making more of the rolled uh, platters. Uh, with the crochet doilies in them mm-hmm. uh, and I've been trying to make more molds uh, it's it's funny when you make the sort of third or fourth generation molds so I made like 
just a smooth platter that went over one of the molds that I really like. And then I filled that with more plaster and did that like two or three times. But then you're like, oh no, it came out, it came out crooked and now it's all slanted. So maybe I should just make more, like just throw actual bowls and make the the molds in those. But it's, it's really fun because some of the new glazes that I've been playing with look amazing over over the sort of the crocheted outlines because they play really well on edges and you get so many edges and like topographical differences in that kind of uh, platter. So they're really fun, fun for that. I will, this is very much all over the place, this episode. Welcome to my brain. I also finished the Bletchley cardigan that oh, I cool. talked about. Well, not, I finished it a while ago. I just don't think I ever talked about it. Did I? I don't know, but I posted pictures of it is what I was going to get to. <laughs> and uh, it's so hot because I, I was thinking like, I was like, cool. oh, yes, finishing a cardigan in July. <laughs> yeah, no, I finished it in, in May, but I've been waiting to take pictures because it's been so hot. And I was like, oh, it's cooler today. And in the like six minutes or maybe 10 that it took me to just like set up a tripod on a chair and get a few pictures, I was dying. Uh, and I feel like that I have some things that I've sewn that I want to get pictures of. I just, I, I don't want to wear anything, you know, larger than a tank top right now. It's so funny how easily weather can dictate crafts in these things. Like it, it comes up more often than you think it's going to. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh it's a, it's a super interesting thing to have to experience and, and then work around. It's like, well, I can't take pictures of this sweater that I finished knitting because, a thousand degrees. <laughs> like, I've also discovered that uh, I've been working on some patterns, just some paper patterns to sew things. And I stick to them. Like if I put just like the heel of my hand <laughs> down on the paper while I'm writing something, the whole paper comes up. With, it's it's so dignified, this whole. I, I'm also whiny because I just got my second vaccine dose, which, yay, amazing. Yay! But the second dose, re- my body is doing what it's supposed to, but I am... I'm not feeling awesome, so I'm even whinier in the weather. So I'm just like trying to live in front of of an AC or a fan at all times. So the other thing that I was kind of thinking of now that you've also had a, a little more time after your your art show and everything, how are you th- how are you feeling about the capital A artist thing now? I'm feeling better about it because I feel very attached to this medium and like creating within the whole realm of glass. And so my husband, Marco, listened to the previous episode about the show and everything. And he had this thought. He like stopped the recording for a second. And he says to me, he's like, I know why you really like stained glass. And I was like, all right, why? Like, tell me, (laughs) like, um, I don't know why. So I I would love to hear why you think why you think I do. And he says, it's because I can make something artistic, like create something, like make a design or a pattern or, or whatever, and use the different colors and, and, you know, make all these artistic decisions. But at the same time, it's still very crafty in that I'm doing a lot of repetitive tasks with my hands. And so it's super appealing in that, like, I can do something that's ridiculously repetitive and doesn't feel, you know, quote unquote, artistic. But at the same time, I can produce something that is artistic. Because it feels almost like assembly. 
even though it's artistic? Like, well, like, yeah, because there's like part of it that is just like the the necessity of assembly. And so like you have to like wrap things and then you have to put them together and then you have to solder them. And like the whole process overall has a lot of those like assembly repetitive elements. And I, I really love doing those type of tasks. And when you look at something like drawing or painting, there is no assembly to that. Right. Like mm-hmm. it is like you're making something and you're creating something and you're like making decisions on lines and the color uh, flow, you know, like depth and shading. Like you're making all these artistic decisions and you're creating something expressive, but there's no like repetitive task. Like even if you're thinking about like, OK, brush strokes or like pencil marks. But it's not the same every time unless you're like, you know, making a whole bunch of little dashy line drawings. But still, even then, it's it's not quite the same as a physical I am wrapping this piece of glass in copper um, tape like over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. Like I love I just I'm starting to rewatch Downton Abbey. I put I put on Downton Abbey and I sit there and I'm sitting and I'm wrapping like hundreds of pieces. I'm making these like little succulent things. That feels very sort of apt for stained glass somehow. Even oh, it's even so if some good. of your things are, are more modern and wacky. <laughs> it's so good. It's like I love that part of it. And then like I get to, you know, design the patterns and there's so many other elements to that. It's not just like that's all I'm doing all day, but it's so nice that, that is part of it. And I think that maybe he is totally right that that's why I like this so much in that it moves me around and it jumps me from task to task. And, but at the same time, a whole bunch of those tasks are repetitive, but they're also the decisions to put all those things together. It's very creative. So I just wanted to like mention that and bring that up on our feeling show that like, wow, he, he really knows. And that kind of felt really good too, that like (laughs) my partner in life, like really, knows me and like can see this about me and pinpoint it and and even be like you don't even know this but i'm gonna tell you because i figured it out and i'm like that's amazing i love this so that that it's that is really really interesting and i'm thinking now too about like which things do work like that for me because i totally get that now that well you or he threw you said (laughs) that marco threw me (laughs) yeah yeah um like that that the things that Again, like we've talked about, like, is it high stakes sort of emotionally, like the things that feel, I don't know, like not smaller, but like more accessible and like you can do them with less of your brain and or soul Mm -hmm. activated kind of like uh, not just that you can watch or do them in front of the TV, but you can just sort of, hmm, I'm trying to think because they're parts of sewing that feel like that but then I'm also like but I don't want to do the exact same thing over and over again and like you know uh surge or zigzag a bajillion edges of a giant piece of fabric that's not what I want to do but then it's sometimes also meditative that is always a word I stumble on (laughs) meditative uh to do that trying to hmm I need to yeah I need to think about this and find (laughs) find something Hmm. But you know what this does sound like? This sounds like a very good uh, reason, reasoning intellectual thing that you might want to share in a longer text format. And you know where you could do that? 
Uh, actually, I think I might know where you could do that. You could possibly ask for help from our next sponsor, which is micro.blog. So yeah. if you are a maker or an artist or a crafter who wants to share your creative passions, then you should join micro.blog where you will find your kindred spirits. Yeah, it's an easy to use blogging platform where you can write short or long blog posts, share photos and video. You could even host a podcast if that's something that you're interested in doing. Uh, More podcasts for the people about artsy and creative stuff. (laughs) I can highly recommend hosting podcasts. I definitely, (laughs) definitely can. (laughs) It's good for the feels. Uh, But more than a place to post your stuff, it's also a friendly community of people with a wide range of interests who share and comment via the social timeline on micro.blog. And they have strong community guidelines that are actually enforced. Oh my God, can <laughs> <Which> you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because the thing the thing that I, like, that is something that I think is so important because I feel like there aren't that many places where that actually happens. Like they're, because these are enforced by more or less, you know, the people who, who run micro.blog. It's not like, you know, 80,000 different people who will just randomly delete something or warn you or not warn you and just like, you know, you, you get a, a dark mark on your name. These are actual community guidelines that are enforced by the people who believe in them. That sounds like it should be the the, the, the bare minimum, yeah. but it's, it sounds it's like important. it should be the norm, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, another thing that I think is awesome is that there are no ads, which just in general, I like, but also like I've had blogs where like of my own, but also when you read other people's blogs where, you know, they, they, you see just like random, there'll be, you know, weight loss ads or scammy ads because the service that you're using uses Google ads. Mm -hmm. And so you can't control what shows up on your blog. And I, that just always really, really bugged me. Well, now, definitely then micro.blog is probably a place where you don't have to be bugged by that (laughs) at all. And it also isn't affected by that monster that we talked about, the big scary <laughs> algorithm bear, uh, which, again, like, I, I feel like it's the bare minimum, but I love that micro.blog does the things that everyone complains about missing in other places. You know, we're just like, just let me see my timeline as a timeline, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. And that there are community guidelines that you can, you know, find and try to (laughs) abide by and they will be enforced and you can trust that you won't get like attacked and jumped. So I think that's what I like that sometimes it's just like, keep it simple and do the service. That is what people actually want. Right. So if you've always wanted to share your work, but you felt lost or discouraged by the big social media sites, which I mean, most of us have, go to (laughs) micro.blog and meet fellow makers of all kinds and the rest of the community who share interesting things that they love. Micro.blog hosting starts at $5 per month, and you can use your own domain name. You can even cross post to Twitter, Tumblr, and Mastodon. Using your own domain name, your posts reside on a blog you control. And you can use micro.blog via Mac, iOS, and Android, as well as the web. Where I'm like, oh, right, people use the internet. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so <laughs> <sure> happy. <laughs> uh, if you're ready to try a different blogging and social media experience, head to micro.blog slash make do, one word. Of course, it's one word. 
uh, where you'll be able to sign up for free and try all the features of Micro.blog for two months free. Uh, that's micro.blog slash make do for two month free trial. Our thanks to micro.blog for their support of this show and, uh, you know, creative people. So yeah, go on over, try it out. Why not? Two months free. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? What's wrong with you? Go now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've i been having a, like a weird time recently with, with my feelings about artists and I think maybe it's because like we talked so much about like how how would I consider myself as an artist if I became uh, a creative arts teacher at a school, mm-hmm. right? And then that at least for the foreseeable future is not a thing, except now it is one day a week. You know what I mean? And and I think I'm having some sort of like adult imposter syndrome where I'm like these kids are going to know that I'm just a baby who doesn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I do know what I'm doing, but there's something about when you have to teach other people. And I think we've talked about this before where I sometimes feel like you have to be super duper, you know, highest level expert to teach. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not the case. And I think it's also because I've had to start thinking about kind of like with with that grant thing, like, should I focus on things that are more sort of mass producible, reproducible, easier to not necessarily easier to sell as such, but easier to keep in an easily updatable stock on a website that so that I don't have to take individual pictures of everything? Or do I want to keep being more sort of small batch, artisanal, artsy fartsy, experimental stuff? Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's a, I feel like this time for you, it's really a very like transitional finding your way time. I don't think the, I mean, of course you can't just tell someone don't feel in, like an imposter because you're not <laughs> like, it doesn't really work that way. I thought but, that was what our whole podcast was. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'll t- I will tell you then. Um, if you think about it, you are thinking about a teacher as someone who would be able to teach you. And your skill set is already so high that the person that you would imagine teaching you something would be higher than what you have. So like those ideas of what a teacher would be is someone who would be so much higher than where you are because then they wouldn't be able to teach you anything if they were at the same level or lower than you, right? I'm, you you so, just wait, blew so my I'm, mind. I'm giving you a truth, like a logical truth table here. So the people that you are teaching, like the kids possibly or um, any kind of adult ed classes or anyone, the people showing up don't know what you will be teaching. Like they don't they already don't know. They're already like lower. I hate to think of it as like a pyramid scheme here of like teaching. But like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're already lower than you on the learning ladder. So you will always you you can't possibly be an imposter because you are passing down your knowledge and you just naturally like at this point in your life and at this point in your in your crafting and your career and your abilities you will be able to like always share and like bring that knowledge down to the next person and so um that's why i think that you should never feel like an imposter because you don't have to teach people who are already at your level you have to teach people who were at the level that you were at when you were taught you 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 are so smart tiff you (laughs) you blew my mind just now i have never thought of it that way like i've thought of it in the sense of like you know they show up because they want to learn and if they already knew they wouldn't need to to come but yeah like i i don't need to be 
you know, super duper fancy schmancy art school teacher, professor, uh, famous level, I need to be able to teach the basics. Wow. Yeah. And you'll be and you'll be able to like, you know, keep leveling up, right? Like you can't start at level 50 and then be and think about it too. If you were at like, let's say level 50, let's say that's a high level. Let's say it's one to 50, whatever. <laughs> um, and you were teaching like level two, right? You're not going to feel satisfied teaching level two. If you're at level 50, you're going to feel satisfied teaching like level 40, right? Like so really, you need semi imposters to hang out at level 15 and teach level two. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you are you are a necessary, you know, uh, rung in this ladder. And it is in no way an imposter situation because level 50 people don't really want to teach level two people. I mean, they do sometimes, but that's a very specific kind of artist and teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's, it's a never, it's a never. But I was, you know, I was generalizing. I need to like, lie down in a dark room and, and, and process <laughs> process this but oh, i do good. think also- that's what our show is for this is, <laughs> this is good see we always start off these episodes where we're like let's just chat let's read a few ads let's have some fun doing a podcast hey and then we end up you know really thinking about our lives and i think like with the transitional thing it's also you know nobody knows what this fall is going to look like or or next year so it's transitional for everyone but also like Nobody knows how art markets will come back on a bigger scale and what the economy will look like. I mean, we never do, but even more so now. So that constant thought that I have of like, well, what should I do to support myself? It's even more like, well, I could just go back to playing with clay because I think it's fun or maybe I need to level up or, you know, like I just everything is in flux. Everything Mm -hmm. is. And that's okay. That's okay. It's path. It's a pathfinding time. It is. It is. And I feel like I need to say this every once in a while. I when I say these things, I I want our listeners to know that like I'm I'm doing okay. I have savings. And again and again and again, I say I live in in a country with a pretty good like safety net and healthcare and things. So like this isn't as huge of a disaster as it could be both in Sweden, but even more maybe in the US where I think we have more listeners. Well, we also have like, uh, you know, our little side hustle here of doing this podcast. So <laughs> go over to micro.blog and <laughs> Artstack and help us out, give us a vote for for our advertisers, which we thank so much for advertising on our show. Absolutely. And also, you know, you can be a a, a Relay FM member. Oh, are we uh, closing out the podcast now because we're saying all the things? Hey, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think I because you need to go lay down and think about I, life. I do need to like have have an ice cream and some tea and and think about the teacher thing because that is seriously like that. Uh, hmm, that was just very 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 insightful and very wise. <laughs> I I really feel like I should stop talking here because I you're just gonna I, make it. <laughs> I haven't been called insightful and wise in a long time, and I'm gonna I'm also gonna lay back lay and, down <laughs> and just bathe in that that glory right there. So you could go and find our show notes over at relay.fm/makedo, and we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our email is makedopod at gmail.com where you can send us stuff and give us advice or tell us how you feel. You can find us individually at Tiff Arment and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-D. And 
at Girl with a Great Glass, where you can see a ton of amazing things that Tiff is making. That's true. That's true. But you can also find like all those links from Tiff Armin. Like, yeah. it's, I, I make it pretty easy. You, you can follow the paths. Oh, <laughs> you and do. then you, you can also you... find like semi-cool ceramics. So if you want to go check that out and see Julia's stuff. That's true. Yeah, you're very good at, at uh, accessible internet hygiene that sounds wrong thank you no anyway. that's perfect i love it <laughs> and thanks to ArtStack and micro.blog for supporting this episode we really appreciate you and as we are getting sponsors we really couldn't do the show without them so thank you and we'll be back in a fortnight and until then go make and do and think Lay about down making in a dark room <laughs> and doing <laughs> 